0: So what do you think about when you think about a shepherd? Good morning, church. Welcome to our house. I'm really glad that you're here today. If you're uh, wondering where I am or if you're watching online and you can't see me, I'm in the back of the room uh, this morning. And so uh, I'm, I'm back here. You can, you can see me back here. Uh, good morning. Today we're starting a new series, so I'm really glad you're here. It's called Lead Like Jesus. And the reason we're talking about this really is because... We believe this is true. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you decided at some point in your life to be a follower of Jesus, then part of following Jesus is becoming like Jesus. And part of becoming like Jesus means that you have to learn to lead like Jesus because we all lead something, whether we lead our families or whether you lead in your company or your organization or your department or in your neighborhood, or, you know, we all lead ourselves. So there's there's this idea that we're all having to lead something. So what are you leading? And, and not just... Are, what are you leading? But will you lead what you lead like Jesus leads? Okay, I can tell this is really hard for some of you and very annoying that I'm back here. So I'm going I'm to go ahead and take a little walk here. Um, I, you know, I started that way to make this point and to kind of share this principle. And I think you know this principle is true, that you can't lead from behind, can you? There, there's a reason I don't preach from the back of the room every week. There's a reason I, I do that from up here on stage every week. And it's not because I like all the attention. I really don't. Um, it's because you can't lead from behind. Leaders, by definition, what do leaders do? They lead. They go first. They're out front. They go ahead. They make the tough decisions, the tough calls. And leaders lead from going ahead of us. That's what leaders do. I remember being in school. Maybe you remember this as well. One of the first things you learn, like in kindergarten, maybe before if you went to preschool, is a game called Follow the Leader. But for the teacher, it wasn't a game. It was like, it was how they organized their day, right? So, so they, they get the kids to line up in a straight line, and whoever is in front, little Susie, you're the leader for today. And what you have to do is you have to learn how to walk down the hall by following the leader and walking in a straight line. And if you can't walk down the hall in a straight line and follow the leader, well, the next five years of your life are going to be really difficult. <laughs> you gotta, you got to figure that out. My wife is a kindergarten teacher at a school here in town, and they have a thing where if you, have a, if you struggle if you struggle with, with following the leader and staying in line down the hallway, then you get to go to a really special thing called Practice Academy where you can go in the hall, and you can figure that thing out, and then you can come rejoin the class because you have to learn how to follow the leader. That's what you have to do, and we all, we all get that from an early age. But you know, like I know, that the problem that so many of us face... The problem we have with follow the leader is that for a lot of us, we just don't trust our leaders. We live in a world where the political climate is such that we really don't trust our leaders in government. We live in corporate America where, if we're honest, we really don't trust those above us on the org chart at work. And we even live in a world in church where for honest, so often, more often than not, people don't trust their leaders. And you know the problem with this is if, if you don't trust the leader, if you don't trust your leader, you can't follow your leader. And if you can't follow your leader, then, then whoever you are, whatever group you're a part of, if there's no trust and you can't follow, then that group has no direction, has no focus, has no clarity, has no mission, really has no sense of purpose. It's a problem. When we lose that trust, when that trust is broken, and we can't trust those that are, that are given as our leaders, then we lose all sense of direction. I, I wrote this down this week as I was thinking and praying about this, and I want you to see if, just, just see if this holds water, see if this is true. I think this is true. This is the note I made. Most leaders lose the trust of the people they lead when they lose clarity around the direction they're leading. Let me read that again. Most leaders lose the trust of the people they lead when they lose clarity around the direction they're leading. Think about it. At school, with a group of 5-year-olds or 7-year-olds or, or 10-year-olds, you can, you can get them in a line and, and tell little Susie or little Johnny, hey, we're going to the playground or we're going to the gym or we're going, we're going to the cafeteria for lunch. And if the leader and if the group knows where they're going and why they're going there, this is amazing they can actually go from point A to point B and figure out how to get there. They may even encounter obstacles or setbacks or things that get in their way or disruptions to their trip. But if they know where they're going and why they're going there, chances are they're going to end up there. When you know where you're going and why you're going there, then you can trust your leader and you can follow them to wherever it is you're being called to go. But when that trust is broken, there is no following And the leader will fail every time. I think this is so important because I think this is actually a picture of biblical leadership. And for the next three weeks, we want to talk about this idea of leading like Jesus, really for two reasons. First is we're entering into a season. If you've been tracking with us online this week, we've sent out some communication. And actually, when we're done this morning uh, in our time of worship, in our gathering, uh, as you leave these exits, there'll be uh, kids holding a one-page sort of printout of what's going to happen over the next few weeks. Because we're entering into a season as a church where we want to start praying and through the process of spiritual uh, discernment, identifying some additional shepherds for our faith family, for our house. We're looking to God to, to lead us and to show us who we can add to our number. We have eight men currently who serve as leaders, or as elders, as shepherds in our church. And you probably know one or two, or maybe you know all of these men and their wives. They're incredible shepherds for our house. They do a great job. You know them because they've sat with you, they've prayed with you, they've laughed with you, they've met with you, uh, they've been there for you. And, and that's all true. That's part of what they do. But they also serve as leaders in our house. They serve as shepherds for this church. And we talked about it this morning, and I've, I've talk, I talk about it a lot with, with my friends. You need to know this, as, as someone who serves as a minister in this church, I am so grateful for our shepherds and for their wives. We have, hands down, the best group I have ever worked with. And I've, I've been blessed to be with some incredible places. But tell you what, man, what God is doing through our church and our leaders in our shepherdship at Riverside, it is a really, really special season in the life of our church. And that's in large part because of the the men and and, and their wives who God has raised up to be shepherds in our house. Can I get an amen? Yeah, come on, can I get an amen? This is a good deal. We are really blessed in our house with some incredible shepherds. And part of what they do is, yeah, they they meet with us and they love on us and they're here for us, but they, they lead us. Second reason is, like I said when we started, is we really believe all of us. All of us who are called to follow Jesus, Part of that calling is becoming. Becoming like Jesus. And what would it look like for you to learn to lead like Jesus? To lead however you lead, whoever you lead, wherever you lead, because we all lead something, even if it's just ourselves. Self-leadership may be the hardest task of all. How do we learn to lead more and more like Jesus? If you go back thousands of years, you figure out that really all throughout Scripture and all throughout history, this is the picture of leadership that God has given for his people. I love what Jeremiah once said. He, he said these words, and these are the words of God through the prophet Jeremiah, to the people of Israel, to the people of God. And God said this through Jeremiah to Israel. He said, "I will give you shepherds after my own heart, who will guide you with knowledge and understanding." And this really was the picture, and is the picture of what leadership looks like for the people of god all throughout history and so when jesus arrives on the scene and he begins his ministry he begins his leadership guess what imagery he uses to talk about himself and about his ministry and about his leadership and about those who would follow him and about the people of god it's the same exact image If you have your Bibles or your Bible app, if you want to open up or turn that on to John chapter 10, I want to show you what Jesus says using this exact image of a shepherd about leadership and, honestly, about himself. In John 10, we'll start in verse 1. Jesus says these words, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Now, we'll pause real quick because I should probably just just tell you just real quickly, who in the world is Jesus talking to? This sounds like a pretty random statement to start with, and and forgive me, it is. Jesus is talking to, if you back up a few verses in chapter 9, you see that Jesus is speaking to the current religious spiritual leaders of Israel. They're called Pharisees. He's talking to them, and he begins this way. He says, I want to tell you the truth. Anybody that does this, Anybody that hops over the gate to to get into the sheep pen and take what he wants, they're a thief and a robber. I don't know if they figured it out yet. They're going to figure it out really soon. Jesus is looking at these men, these present-day, current-day, spiritual, religious leaders of the people of God, and he says, you are no better than thieves and robbers. That's pretty harsh language coming from Jesus, coming from anyone, let's be honest. Why would Jesus say that? Jesus is looking at these men who were who called to be the spiritual leaders of the people of God. But what they did was use the word of God, use the law of God, the law of Moses, the Torah. They'd use the word of God to separate themselves. They'd use the word of God and leverage the word of God for their own personal profit, power, position, and gain. The idea of a shepherd of God's people is a shepherd is someone who always goes out front. It is never someone who sets themselves above. But what the Pharisees, what the current day spiritual religious leaders of the people of God had done was put themselves above the people. And by putting themselves above the people, by leveraging the word, by using the word of God for their own personal power, position, and gain, Jesus says, you, you guys are no better and thieves, and robbers. And then he says this, the one who enters through the gate, the one who comes in the right way, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, quick spoiler alert, in case you haven't picked it up yet, we're going to find out in a few verses, but Jesus is talking about himself. He's looking at these spiritual leaders and saying, you've lost the trust of the people. They don't trust you as leaders, as spiritual leaders, as shepherds. They don't trust you because you've set yourself above them. You haven't gone before them. you put yourself above them. You've lost their trust. But the one, and you're looking at them, the one who comes in the right way, the one who enters through the gate, the sheep know him and they know his voice. Verse 4, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead. There's an imagery of them. And here it, is, here it is again. And they follow because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They're not going to follow you. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now, if you travel to Israel today, I think one of the things that you would see, and some of you have been there, you can, you can verify if this is true or not, you will still see shepherds and their sheep. I don't think I've had a chance to tell you guys this, but in October, Alicia and I have a chance to go to Israel, and one of the things that I want to go see when I get there is I want to see this. Because what I've heard and what I've read and what I've heard from other people is that today, present-day Israel, you can go over there and you'll still see shepherds with their sheep. And the shepherds will gather together and their sheep will gather together and they'll graze and mingle in the same pasture. But then when it's time to go, what a shepherd will do, whoever he or she is, will call out to their sheep. And and the sheep, they they literally know the sound of the voice of, of their shepherd. They know the call they make, they know the words they use or the sound they make. And when those sheep hear the voice of their shepherd, they leave the other sheep and they follow their shepherd. The rest of the sheep, they don't move. They don't move until they hear the voice of their shepherd. And when they hear the voice of their shepherd, that's when they come and they'll separate out and then they'll go and they'll follow their shepherd to wherever it is that they're going next. And Jesus is looking at these spiritual leaders and he says this is this is kind of what's about to happen. These sheep, these people, they know the sound of the voice of their shepherd. And when they hear the sound of the voice of the true shepherd, they're gonna follow. They're gonna follow. And then Jesus says this if you skip down to verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I've always wondered how much courage it took for Jesus to look at these spiritual leaders right in the eye and say these words right to them. Because at this point, they're locking in. Jesus tells them, this nobody from Nazareth, this carpenter's son that has now arrived on the scene, looks at these elite, spiritual, religious, well-dressed leaders. And Jesus says, I am, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. Jesus says, my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Jesus says, they don't trust you, but they're going to trust me and they're going to follow me because they know my voice. And not only that, but they know and they'll see that I'm willing to go ahead of them and even to lay down my life for them. Jesus looks at them and says, I'm the good shepherd. And you know what? They knew it. They could already see the crowds growing. They could already see his flock multiplying. They could already see the masses coming to him as he taught. They knew what was happening. And it was for that very reason that he was becoming their shepherd that they were now plotting To kill him because they knew it was true. They had lost the trust. Their leadership, they led by fear. If you don't follow what we say, there's gonna be consequences and shame for you. Jesus came and he didn't lead from a place of fear, he led from a place of love. And people followed his lead. So the question for you and me is, what does a modern-day shepherd look like? We start talking about praying for God to raise up new leaders, new shepherds in our faith family and in our house. What does that look like? Well, I think it looks like Jesus. I think it looks like a shepherd. In fact, this is, this is kind of how you know, right? To, to find... To find a godly leader, to find a shepherd after God's heart, to find someone who leads like Jesus, you have to find someone who first has decided to follow Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Because if you follow Jesus well, then chances are you can lead like Jesus well. And if you want to lead like Jesus well in whatever area of life God has given you to lead, in whatever area of life God has given you to steward, it means that first you have decided to be a dedicated follower of Jesus. And those who get fellowship right are the people that can get leadership right. If you miss out on the followership, you'll always fall flat at the leadership. But if you can learn the followership, then chances are you can learn to lead Like Jesus. And this is what happened. When the first church began, when Jesus died and was buried and rose again and ascended to heaven, the church of Jesus started forming and they started looking for leaders that looked like Jesus. They started looking for shepherds for the church men, people who could serve the church and lead the church like Jesus. And I want to show you what happens when the church first began because, honestly, when it first began, they began to have disagreements and questions and what do we do and what do we, how do we deal with this and what do we do about that. There was no instruction book. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't have Paul's writings. They were figuring out this whole church thing in real time, and there were real questions rising to the surface. One of those questions were, uh, Jesus made it very apparent when he died on the cross, he died for all people for all time. And so from this point on, anyone who wants to come and know this God, anyone who wants to know the love of the God that Jesus has pointed the whole world to, is welcome into the family of God. Well, this was a little bit different. God had always wanted Israel to be a light to all the nations, but they had failed at at that task. Jesus didn't fail. And now people were beginning to believe in Jesus from all over the world. They were seeing people come to faith in Jesus, but the question was, well, how, how does this work? Like, because, because even when it did work before, people had to become Jews so they could become, you know, worshipers of God. Does that still, is that how it still works? If you're not Jewish, do you still have to follow the law of Moses, all 633 commands, before you can be a Jesus follower? How does this work? And so I want to just read you. This is a little bit of a chunk of Scripture, but I want to just read this to you quickly because I want you to see what happens in the church from the very beginning when there's a problem, when there's an issue that arises. I'm going to pick up the story in Acts 15, verse 12. You can follow along, and your Bibles are on the screen. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. Paul and Barnabas, quick side note, missionaries, they're going on a mission trip. They've done incredible work to people that are not Jews, and people are believing in Jesus. It's awesome. It's undeniable. It's unbelievable. And they've come back to report at this summit meeting of missionaries, of elders and shepherds, same word, same group of people, And the apostles, the men who had been with Jesus for three years, who had heard everything he had to say and saw everything he ever did, all of them are here at the summit in Jerusalem. Barnabas and Paul tell them what God is doing among the Gentiles. Verse 13. When they finish, James. James, another side note, brother of Jesus. I know some of you have brothers and sisters who think they are God. James did. Jesus was his half-brother. We'll go with that, right? And James became a believer in Jesus. If you've ever wondered if you should believe in Jesus, I think it's amazing. It's a testimony that James, the literal brother of Jesus, became a believer in Jesus and then became an elder, a shepherd in the church of Jesus. When they finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter's told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted as it was written. Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David talking about a time when when, when God is going to restore the Jews to himself. I'm going to restore it, I'll rebuild its ruins and restore it so that this was the purpose, so that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord including the Gentiles. All those I have called to be mine, the Lord has spoken. He who made these things known so long ago. And so my judgment, my judgment James, elder James, shepherd, James, the leader in the church, James, my judgment is that we should not make it difficult. Why would we make it hard? We should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. Instead, we should write and tell them to abstain from eating to food offered to idols, from sexual immorality, good idea, from eating the meat of strangled animals, and from consuming blood. I think we can get on board with that. Verse 21. For these laws of Moses have been preached in Jewish synagogues in every city, on every Sabbath, for many generations. Then the apostles and elders, these very first shepherds of God's church, together with the whole church in Jerusalem, chose delegates, and they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report, to share, to tell this decision. They didn't want to email it. They sent people. Verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. And to us, to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. Here's what I want you to see just one point from that. From the very beginning, in the very first church, what do we see the elders of the church, the shepherds of God's church, doing? We see them doing this. We see them leading. And how do they lead? They gathered, they talked, they prayed, and they listened to the Holy Spirit. So here's the key if you want to lead like Jesus, you have to learn to follow the leading of the Spirit of Jesus. And from the very beginning, these first elders, these first shepherds, they knew where they were going. Jesus had told them, here's where you're going. You're not going to the gym to play. You're not going to the cafeteria for lunch. You're going to make disciples of all nations. There's going to be obstacles. There's there's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be problems along the way. But this is your destination. This is your job. This is your purpose, to make disciples of all nations. So when this question came up, the answer was difficult, but it was also pretty easy. We're not going to make it hard to make disciples of all nations because that's the one thing Jesus said we got to be about doing. So let's follow the leading of the Spirit of Jesus. Let's follow the words of Jesus and then let's do what Jesus said do and let's lead the church to that place. Let's make this decision and let's go. And you know what happened? Whenever you follow the leading of the Spirit of Jesus, you never lead alone. When you follow the lead of Jesus, you never walk alone. Whenever you're following the leading of the Spirit of Jesus in your life or in your ministry or in your work or in this church, you never, ever go alone because the Spirit of Jesus that led you also goes with you. Jesus also did this. Jesus, he modeled this. Jesus followed the leading of the Holy Spirit read the story of Jesus over and over again, you're going to see how Jesus literally followed the leading of the Spirit throughout his life. He didn't do anything he didn't see the Father already doing. Jesus followed the leading of the Spirit. These first shepherds followed the leading of the good shepherd and they followed the leading of the Spirit. And so two questions for you and then we'll close. Two applications every week. One for you, and one for our church. Here's the first one for you. In what area of your life do you need to follow the leading of Jesus? And I don't want to brush by this. Just push pause for 30 seconds and ask yourself this serious question. In what area of your life are you currently not following the leading of Jesus? Is it time to bring that part of your life back into alignment? In what part of your life are you being disobedient in what part of your life are you not honoring jesus in what part all of us there's something in our life there's always room for us to grow and what part of your life do you need to be bring back to fall under the leadership and the guidance the teaching the ministry the life the love of the lord jesus christ only you can answer that, but you can never lead like Jesus until you get your life under the leadership of Jesus. So, what area of your life do you need to follow the leading of Jesus? And the second is this. The second is this. May we pray for God to raise up in our church spiritual leaders who we trust to lead. This is important. I'm so thankful to be at a church and to be a part of a faith family in a house where, personally, you need to know this, I trust our shepherds implicitly. And as we start praying and looking for God to raise up new people to serve in this way, to lead and to shepherd our house, I think this is the question. Because if we don't trust, we can't follow. And if we can't follow, we're not going to go anywhere. And I don't know if you remember what we just said, but Jesus had somewhere for us to go, to go and make disciples. And if we don't go, it's probably because we're not following. And if it's following, it's probably because we don't have the right leaders or we don't have the trust in those leaders. So I want to ask us, I'm going to invite us as a church, over the next few weeks as we walk through this process together, to be praying. Praying for God to raise up spiritual leaders, people who are following Jesus well, to lead our house. To lead our house. Church, if you would, let's stand. Jesus knew where he was leading. The first church knew where they were leading. The question for Riverside is, where are we going? And if you're new here, if you haven't figured it out yet, if you haven't been around very long, or if somehow you missed the memo, it's always good to always come back to that and remind ourselves we want to go where Jesus was going. We want to go where that first church in Acts 15 was going. We want to go and make disciples of all nations. We, we use this language in our house. We say we want to live different because we believe that Jesus is calling us to a changed life. We realize that wherever you live and whatever you do and whatever's going on in your world, that there's a lot of brokenness all around us, but Jesus is calling us to live differently. And the life that he offers is the full life. It is the abundant life. And this is what we want to be about. We want to be a, about being a house, a church, a faith family that is following Jesus together and leading in this church and in our community and around the world and bringing others to know about this great love of God that we learn about from Jesus. So today, if you wants to pray with you, If you you realize, man, I made a decision to follow Jesus like Zoe did, you know, one day a long time ago or a while back ago, but for whatever reason, I am not following Jesus well. Man, we would love to pray with you. Our, Our shepherds and their wives are going to make themselves available around the room, and they're not perfect people, but they would love to pray with you and usher you into the presence of the good shepherd, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. Because we believe that Jesus, whatever you got going on, he can always help. And if, like Zoe, if you want to put your faith in Jesus today, man, we would love to pray with you about that and see that happen today as well. Because we know this is true. We know this is true. When you follow Jesus, when you follow his lead, you never walk alone. He is always with you. Let's sing.